0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zuma Radio.
1: Welcome back. The second and final progressive conservative leadership debate takes place tonight in Ottawa. Patrick Brown is no longer a factor in the race, but the candidates will all be vying for his supporters. So what should we look for tonight? And what are you looking for tonight? Numbers call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And now to John McEtitian, political consultant and president of Bradgate Research Group, and Jerry Nichols, also a political strategist. Thanks for joining us, and welcome.
2: Glad to be here, Jimmy. Buddy. Okay. Happy to join us.
1: Okay. So, uh, John, uh, we'll go to you first, because uh, you were supporting Patrick Brown. Um, where are you going to now?
3: Undecided. Um, I can tell you uh, I... Uh I'm, I'm really looking forward to the debate tonight. I'm in Ottawa for the debate, and uh, you know, with a, with a whole new perspective to see who's best to unite the party and to be um, definitely win.
1: Uh huh. Um, out of everyone, I guess uh, Christine Elliott has been the most um, conciliatory, friendly to Patrick Brown. Does that make a difference to you, John?
3: Uh, it does. Uh, if somebody, uh, like, you know, Tanya Granick has, uh, made it clear that, uh, you know, she's the most anti-Patrick, um, you know, and, and not without some merit because, you know, her complaints are about his performance as leader on, on other issues. Um, but she's got no hope of winning the leadership, nor does Mulroney. So tonight we're really looking at, and, and for the days between now and the vote announcement, we're looking at a decision between Christine Elliott and Rob sorry, and Doug Ford. Uh,
1: and um, Jerry, do you agree with that analysis? Uh, Caroline Mulrooney has no hope of winning.
2: I wouldn't say she has no hope of winning. I mean, it's, it's, it's really difficult to kind of handicap these kinds of races, but I would say that Elliot has the clearest path to victory that I can see. Um, m- my suspicion is she could be the Andrew Shear of this race. I mean, Andrew Scheer won the federal conservative leadership race, in my view, because basically he was the most boring and dull candidate out there. And I think a lot of conservative you know, people in the Conservative Party were worried about having somebody who was too libertarian, like Maxime Bernier, or too red Tory, like, like Andrew Chong, or too populist, like, like Leach. So he said, you know what, we'll settle on the sort of the generic conservative, because that's the safest choice. Scheer. And I think the same kind of calculation might be going on in this provincial race. Elliott is kind of the safest vote out there, and I think that might be attractive to a lot of conservatives. After all, they don't call them conservative for nothing. They're conservative.
1: Well, um, I've heard people say of this uh, weighted voting system that uh, it guarantees that you get your second choice. Though, for a lot of people, it seems like at this moment, more, more people find Christine Elliott to be their first choice.
3: Uh, yeah, see, that the second choice thing is is incredibly important, but only for the minor candidates. So, you know, the ten, uh, when we get to the ballot uh, on the 10th, uh, either Christine or Doug is going to be first or second. So, in all likelihood, whoever they, their supporters put down as second is irrelevant. It really comes down to who Granick's people put down a second and who Mulroney's people put down a second. Um, and uh, my colleague might uh, disagree with me, but I've got uh, Mulroney coming in fourth. But it doesn't really matter because both of them are going off, and it's going to come down to uh, Ford versus Elliott, and that's the choice.
1: Um, so uh, w- does one person go off each ballot? So if Tanya Granick is last, is she the yes. only one off the ballot?
3: Whoever's in last place will drop.
1: Okay, so uh, and um, Patrick Brown is still on the ballot. Are people going to write him in?
3: You know, I heard that, and I've been trying to get it confirmed by somebody, but apparently the phones are all swamped uh, as the party's having problems with the verification process. So nobody's answered my question officially. Uh, And and i got to tell you, I heard that this morning, and I smiled, because if that is the case, then, because i got to tell you, many people, you know, Patrick's Supporters uh, actually now form a huge block of undecided voters and could make the difference. And the only way you would know that, uh, and, and I have to tell you, most of them today are saying, "Forget it, boycott. We're not going to show up at all." But they could actually, if he's on the ballot, uh, both vote for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't count in the calculation. They would go to the second choice. So they either vote for him in protest and have it registered or vote for him have it not count and his the second choice would play automatically and it would be a clear indicator of what that vote block did
1: okay uh, well how would you would it, would it oh i see so um vote for him and um i it depends what would be announced i'm i'm getting this it's, is also this is so <laughs> complicated i'm having trouble you know get, wrapping my no, head no, around but...
3: it preferential ballot is not easy, and that's why I'm shocked to find his name is still on the ballot because somebody said there was a a date for having people drop off and not be on there, So, and there's also the whole technicality of how the system is being run electronically. So, uh, If his name is on the ballot, people would put it down, but the party can't actually count it uh, as, as meaning anything, but they also wouldn't invalidate the ballot either because it's a choice given. But if somebody put Patrick down as number one and nothing else, then it's just a ballot that will never register. A spoiled ballot. If they ballot. put a one and then a two, it would count.
1: Okay. Well, well, I'm given to understand that it, he withdrew too late to get his name off the ballot.
3: But And that's going to be an awesome other, in a world of nothing but quirky days and <laughs> weeks, this continues to take a turn at every opportunity.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I certainly have to agree with that. And uh, again, you know, we keep coming back to the difficulties people are having registering. How is that going to affect the race?
2: I, I think, you know, there's, there's lots of potential problems on the road uh, under this vote. And, and I think one of the nightmares for the progressive conservatives is because this is going to be an internet vote, you know, there's so many possibilities for something to go wrong, for something to mess up which means that whoever loses this race is probably going to say, hey, I w-, you know, it was rigged or it was fixed against me or it was all messed up. Uh, I, I I, think, again, that's the nightmare for the Conservatives. They want a clean win for somebody so they can move forward. The longer this kind of in, in, internal feuding goes on, the worse it's going to be for the party.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's a possibility, though, Um if, in fact, Christine Elliott and Doug Ford are the frontrunners, uh, they're friends. So I don't know that either one of them would want to mess things up for the other one that ran. Maybe that's a little <laughs> overly optimistic. And I, I would assume that whoever wins will give the other person a, um, a good job.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, a lot of it, I think, will depend on, the, on, on sort of the temperament of the loser. If they actually have a sense... That they really were, you know, cheated out of a victory or whatever, or there was some kind of mess up in in, in the internet voting, then you know what, they, they they would be kind of in their interest to say, hey, you know what, maybe we should do this again, or or, no, see, or at least cast doubt on it.
3: Yeah, see, I don't think that's actually that'll be the one dynamic. I don't think we will see because at the time of the announcement, the general election is eighty-eight days away. So what I believe all the candidates who don't win are going to do is go get nominations run for the balance of the time run all the way through uh hopefully they all get elected in seats then what will happen will be fascinating because either we will have elected the new premier or sometime in the next year there'll be a convention where there's an automatic review vote if in our party if you do not uh become the the premier after an election there's an automatic review vote on the ballot at the first convention and I, so I would keep my powder dry until after the election result, because I'd want, either want to be a cabinet minister, preferably. If you couldn't win the leadership, you want to at least be a cabinet minister. But if you're, if you're a good sport for 88 days, then afterwards, well, clearly the people made the wrong choice, and you start campaigning for that review vote to do this all over again.
1: What fun. Okay,
4: uh, let's take a call from Jane in Blue Water. Hello, Jane. Hi, Libby. I certainly want to address the discussion you're having right now, if I'm allowed to chime in, and I think I'm on the line. (laughs) You're on the line. Chime (laughs) ahead. Chime in? Okay. Um, First of all, I I would just like to say that when you said Patrick Brown is um, not a factor in this uh, debate or in in this uh, um, uh, leadership uh, uh, vote. He's not a factor in the debate. No, he's not a factor in the debate. Well, no, that's not true. I'm sorry. From my point of view, I'm measuring the debate against people's guarantee. And I'm familiar with it. I now have a copy, <laughs> which was wonderful. Somebody was listening to your program last Friday. And um, I think that there is a, a large number maybe of, well, certainly his supporters, who are in a quandary Heartbroken because they believed that he was the one. He was the one that he wanted, that we wanted our young people to follow. And, uh, when we look at what's happening, um, I don't know how to vote. I don't know if to vote. I, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really at odds with the whole situation, and yet it's the very first time in all of my years of voting, that I have supported a uh, party and um, bought a membership. Oh, okay, well, um, you know, I would say
1: if you bought that membership, um, you know, it would be a good idea to make your
4: vote count. That would be uh, my advice. But I don't, I, I'm, I'm very unhappy with what has come down, has, has come down. Uh, and so I'm saying, do I even want to vote progressive, conservative? But then, do I want to vote for another party? Uh, I was sold on the People's Guarantee, and I'm just going to put that plug in and say that's that's where my heart is. My heart's with Patrick and his family for what he's going through, and I just feel that um, I, I can't I can't bring myself to support the candidates who have uh, railed against him.
1: Okay, well, um, uh, I think that uh, should narrow your choice if you decide to vote. Jane. Yep, that, uh, that kind of puts it in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, well, Jane, thanks, thanks very much for that. Thanks for your time. Okay, um, so what do the candidates have to do tonight, uh, John?
3: Um, they, they've got to, uh, you know, I, I think that caller uh, summed it up. I, I would think the biggest play tonight is for the you know, people who were for months and months since last November uh, knocking on doors and selling the people's guarantee. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I said Patrick's picture should actually be replaced all along by the local candidate because the leader is not on the ballot in any writing. It would be very easy for a new leader to adopt the platform. Uh, they've all said they wouldn't go for carbon tax. Well, so fine, you delete that one item you send it back out, you keep all the major pledges like historic spending on health care, for example, on mental health care. They could do that. So I think people are looking for a reason to vote, especially the significant number of people. I mean, I was there uh, while the race was going on in the last few days, and those internal numbers are real. Uh, Patrick had a significant chunk of voters. So the play tonight is, I believe, for the people's guarantee and the people who supported Patrick, not, not the haters. The haters have already picked other candidates.
1: And, Jerry, what do you think? Well, I, I guess
2: the people's guarantee wasn't guaranteed. <laughs> exactly. um, that's kind of the problem. Um, I think for the debate tonight, and, and I, I think we have to keep in mind that debates are not really debates in the strictest sense. What they are are opportunities for the candidates to kind of spout out their propaganda and to get their message out. and So I think that's what each candidate in the debate tonight has to do, they have to focus on getting their message out. For Carolyn Maroney, that means we need change. For Christine Elliott, that means stressing her experience. For uh, Ford, it means doing a little populist routine, and, and, and Garrick is just, you know, being the voice for, uh, I think, the social conservatives in the race. Um, I think a lot of uh, uh, debates also pinge on how the candidates look, how they appear, uh, do they look confident, do they look like they know what they're talking about. It's all about sort of selling your image as a leader in one of these debates. I think that's what they're all going to focus on.
1: Okay, well, um, we will reconvene uh, to get the take on uh, what actually happened there, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this uh, again before uh, the final tally on March the 10th. Jerry Nichol and John McCutishan, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. uh, We're going to take another break, and when we come back, uh, as of tomorrow it's going to be illegal for some of those pesky door-to-door salespeople to come to your door pushing ducts, uh, whatever, uh, heating, um, air and water services, uh, but it doesn't cover everything, and some people say uh, that's not enough. Um, We're going to want to hear your stories about door-to-door salespeople, and uh, we'll also uh, figure out what's what with that when we return.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.